thought the job was done. They thought it was all behind them. But sometimes, the past doesn't stay where it belongs. Now, Brad and Andrew must fight to protect all that they've built. The stakes have never been higher. And the beer has never been colder. This year, the epic continues. This is the Brew and View Podcast. podcast you must be brad i am you would have think you, after uh, a couple episodes i would have i would have been able to figure that out would, without clarification that i'm on the podcast with yeah. you but i'm hammered yep and you're andrew i am i am i am and uh this is the podcast that uh critics said would never make it to see uh to see a centennial celebration yeah they were wrong they were mm-hmm. a couple mm-hmm. weeks off the uh, the pace, but I think hundred hundred episodes isn't too shabby. Not at all. I so. think uh, all things considered, since uh, even though that this is a uh, obviously we were talking about earlier, this is an informational podcast. We uh, mm-hmm. we navigate the murky waters of uh, of streaming movies, of you know movies of all kinds, and. Uh, and uh, they don't pay us nearly enough for it. Um, <laughs> corporate's really killing us here. They are. Uh, I and we've talked about this on on Mavs before. Uh, it's <laughs> it's a pretty unreasonable goal to uh, think that you can record every single week and life's not gonna happen somewhere in there. So yeah, I think I we're mean, doing just fine. 
Yeah, you you guys have done a good job, especially when you know that you have uh, weeks that you can't, like in the midst of moving, you guys mm-hmm. have moved like 16 times each. Yeah. Uh, but you always <laughs> make true. time to put out an episode. Uh, but uh, I know for this one, it, it's a little bit, it's a little bit different because you got to do some, well, I was going to say that it's, you guys don't do a whole lot of prep <laughs> for yours. <laughs> Not like we don't do a whole lot of prep for uh, ours. So, um, <laughs> Or for Spin Away, but yeah, like you'll this one, you'll you, let you any to... assholes on that show. Yeah, <laughs> anybody. Um, but yeah, you got to watch some movies for this one. Yeah, you know, you can't just go in. Well, I didn't watch any movies, so what's up? So yeah, um, but yeah, um, I would, first of all want to thank. It, I'm not going to do a whole big thing, but I, I wanted to thank you for hanging out with me for this many and for My that pleasure. long. You know. Uh, listeners for tuning in every week if they can or if they don't they occasionally do it i appreciate that too yeah so, uh, i do too and and uh brad i appreciate you coming coming hanging out with me um yeah i know obviously a couple people uh living living lives outside of this so yeah it is nice well, too um because you know we're we we both obviously like movies enough to talk about them um, but sometimes if you don't have, uh, that assignment, the homework doesn't get done. So it keeps me watching, keeps me, uh, engaged in the conversation and it's always good to hear from you. So, yeah. Yeah. And I also wanted to thank our, our quote unquote wives mm-hmm. for, uh, letting us do this silly thing. Yes. Too. So, um, anyways, enough. Thanks. Let's, uh, let's get tanked. Yes. Time for some tanks. All right. Uh, what are you having tonight? Uh, I'm having a good beer tonight. Um, awesome. It's called Moon Stomper. Mm, uh, it was, it's a collaboration of beers um, with uh, Pizza Boy, uh, which is a local brew. And a, um, they, let me, I had everything here and now everything's to shit. Um, <laughs> People drink a lot of beer on this pot or on this thing. Um, it's a. I'm sorry, I'm having a rough time. Okay, so it's a uh, Pizza good. Boy, who is what's a local beer for me in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. Yes, and they teamed up with East End Brewing Company in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and they made a, uh, a beer called Moon Stomp, and it's a Berliner uh, Weiss sour ale, and. Oh wow, that is outside of your wheelhouse. Yes, and I'm not a Hefeweizen guy at all, but this beer is good. This is like um, um, I don't know what it is. It's it's hard to explain. Um, I guess I do kind of explain it here. Uh, Moonstomp and oh, damn it, they had it on the description. Have it here. Uh, uh, it's a light, refreshing Berliner Weiss, Weiss mm. with a low ABV, so you can keep drinking all summer long. Hmm. Um, so whatever that means. But um, if I have it to, is, it's, go ahead. I said, but if I have to, I'll keep drinking. I guess. Yeah. Yes. Um. Uh, the ABV is marked at three, but it actually it's it's a five percent. I don't know why they said a three in one part of it. Uh, but anyways, um, 
it's good. It's light. It's crisp. It's um, just a, just enough sour, not too sour, um, and it goes down good. It's get that nice tart taste. So you, um, you're not getting a whole lot of, uh, you know, after some beers you get that kind of crappy thing in the back of your mouth where you're just kind of, and eh, we got to get something different in here. This is kind of refreshing. So uh, it's good beer. Um, you know, Pizza Boys, a a local nice, you know, a local beer for me, and they teamed up with another seems like a good another place uh, i'm kind of rambling uh it's a good beer that's all i can say hey that's all right uh sounds like a good beer i i love that there's a place called pizza boy it makes me so happy as a pizza boy myself uh well i like to think of myself as a pizza man um yeah. but i'm a pizza guy i'm a pizza we had guy a, We're in college guys. we had a place called pizza man close to our um close to our place and they they serve the big deep dish uh pizzas nice we'd always hit that up when we were carb loading nice yeah but, um, you got to you got to uh but what are you having oh me i am having oh, you a 2018 bigfoot barley wine style ale wow from the uh uh, what are they called? Uh, the the craft beer staple. I would say one of the um, people that bring craft beer to the forefront. Um, I know we talked about Stone before. Dogfish Head was a big one for me personally, um, and I think a big one kind of across the board. Uh, and this one here, Sierra Nevada. Yep. So they make this uh, Bigfoot every year. Uh, it's one of the beers that I look forward to every year. I'm always checking the shelves for it. And uh, I was excited when I saw this. I had to pick it up, and I knew um, we were probably at episode 98 at that point. I, I knew I had to save it uh, for, for an occasion. So uh, it is a uh, – <laughs> I believe they call it a beast of a beer. Uh, yeah, Bigfoot is a, a beast of a beer brimming with bold, bittersweet malt flavors and heaps of whole cone Pacific Northwest hops. Uh, it is, um, uh, it, it is big on flavor. It's big on, uh, on hoppiness and it is, uh, let me, let me get the actual, uh, let me get the credentials here. Um, so I gotta, gotta do this right. Cause it really is a beer that I love. 90 IBUs, 9.6 ABV. Ooh, um, boy. yeah. And it's got, uh. And a nice uh, amber color to it. It uh, smells pretty boozy. And it just delivers, like, what I want from a big beer like this. The um, Well, no point in talking about other beers. Like, this is uh, full of flavor. It's, it's going to wreck your palate. <laughs> um, yeah. You probably can't really enjoy too many beers, other beers after this. And... You know, it, with its high ABV, it's you don't need too many of these either. Uh, but it's um, like I said, it's one of it's one of probably like three beers that I I look for um, that I can I can count on coming out every year, and I'm always looking forward to it. And uh, it delivered again. I gave it a four two five on Untapped, and uh, I'm really enjoying it. Cool. Cool. That sounds really Sorry, good. Sorry, uh, a little bit rambly there as well. So no, no, that, that 
uh, that sounds like it'd be right up my alley. Yeah, I bet. I mean, I would be shocked if you couldn't get it out there. You guys have Sierra Nevada. I probably right? could. Yeah. yeah. I just I'm real. I just I have to trap really travel to get to a place where I can get that kind of stuff. It's just mm-hmm. it's a little frustrating. But anyways. Yeah. Um, if you come across it, grab it because I think this is a beer you'd really like. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, and if you want to check out what, how we're drinking and what we're drinking, uh, go on Untapped, as we say every week. And we get uh, people such as Tyler from Wisconsin drinking a Roselle uh, from Fair State Brewing Company. Uh, we got uh, Tyler, or he, yeah, uh, Audra drinking an Izzard. From Idle Hounds Brewing Company. Nice. Uh, uh, Dustin Weekly, which is a brother uh, of Josh, I'm guessing. I would assume so, yeah. Cousins, okay. friends, pals. Um, but yeah, that guy, I think, like I said, he's, uh, he's, a, he's a mover and shaker in the, uh, in the untapped world. Yeah, I, he had a... He, well, Dustin had a beer. Ninety-nine people toasted it, so he's got some friends. I, mean, I don't even know ninety-nine people. I know. <laughs> nice. So, uh, but uh, and uh, Mr. Neal had a uh, oh, 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 hop on board mm. uh, from Rudgate Brewery. Uh, he said it's a bit bland on flavor, but not unpleasant. So, very nice. Ooh, uh, Audra had a a wood aged bitches brew from Dogfish Head. Ooh, nice. That, that bitches sounds brew really yummy. Beer. So, uh, yeah, if you're into it, check us out. Let us know what you're drinking. Toast us, cheers us, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, and enjoy a beer with us, please. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, also, uh, I don't know, um, kind of backtrack here. Thank you. Uh, I know we got a couple people who uh, follow us on Untapped who've actually been on the show. And, yeah. Uh, thank you, guys. So we appreciate our guests as well. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And yeah, the people we've had on, and I think we're having someone else coming on here soon. And also, I mean, big shout out to, uh, to Fredo. Yeah. Yeah. That's- He's helped us out quite a bit on this. So. Yeah, he is the equivalent of a uh, Patreon of the the. He is the sole Patreon contributor, essentially. Yeah. Well, him. I shouldn't say that because because uh, um, Mister Z, Master Z. Yeah, has, uh, yeah, for sure. He. Uh, <laughs> they, yeah, we've got. Yeah, they've both sent couple... us beers, which is fucking amazing. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. So, thank you guys again. Appreciate it. I like to hear from our female listeners. Ladies, I'm not sure how many of those we have. But. Your cousin sometimes. Oh yes, yes she does. But she, <laughs> she, she stopped emailing us. Yeah, she's had. Uh, she's busy. She's busy, like we all are. Mm-hmm. But anyways, mm-hmm. uh, again, thanks to all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's get into some movies. Let's talk. Yes, 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 yes. Let us, let us, let us. All right. Uh, let me run through uh, mine real quick because it's not going to take us too much time. Okay. Uh, so you had for me last week. Um, by uh, by my uh, recommendation or my my request, it, uh, 
this this is not on you. Uh, the uh, Meyerowitz stories, new and selected. Mm-hmm. Um, Noah Baumbach uh, directed, who did some other movies I really liked, like While We're Young. Uh, so I was uh, looking forward to this. I, I was excited to see it, um, and uh, we're doing our show prep last week, and I was like, this one's been on my list for a while. Let's go for it. So Noah Baumbach wrote and directed it. Um, it stars Adam Sandler, uh, Dustin Hoffman as the patriarch of the Meyerowitz family. Um, Adam Sandler plays Danny. Elizabeth Marvel uh, plays his sister, Jean. And uh, what is his name? I'm totally blanking on it right now. Uh, ben Stiller. Mm-hmm. <sighs> wow. Uh, he plays... Matthew, uh, and he is, um, he's the stepbrother of, uh, Adam Sandler and, um, Elizabeth Marvel's characters. And, uh, I don't know if it's, um, a little bit of, uh, personal projecting. Well, before I get into that, so it's, uh, the story of an estranged family that gathers together in New York for an event celebrating the artistic works of their father. And uh, I don't know if it's a bit of uh, projecting on my part, um, but uh, my mom has been dealing with her dad a lot lately. Um, After um, my grandmother passed, Um, she's the closest uh, child of his as far as proximity Um, so she's been shouldering a lot of the work and not that the other siblings haven't been helpful, but she's far and away the closest. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, he's, he's an older gentleman. Uh, he suffers from Parkinson's and he is, was set in his ways and he can be difficult. Um, and so watching Dustin Hoffman's character, Harold Meyerowitz, who was, uh, an absolute um, asshole to his family, um, completely self-centered and uh, downright unlikable. Um, watching <laughs> watching that kind of, I don't want to say struck a nerve with me because it wasn't like, I can't believe this, but I was like, hmm, feel like I've been told some of these stories already. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, some of these uh, Meyerowitz stories. Uh, so, like, really, it's tough to pull off a movie where uh, this central character, um, I guess not the central character, but he's the crux of the plot. He's very unlikable, and it seems very intentional. That's a real challenge, I think, for for a writer director to pull off, and right. and he doesn't. Uh, it's just uh, kind of just had to slug through this. It's um, it's not too long. It comes in under two hours, but it's just was it funny? Um, there are a couple laugh out loud moments for sure, uh, but I would say less than five. Um, mostly, it was just kind of snapshots of the Meyerowitz family in a certain time where all their lives were intersecting. 
Okay. Uh, well, like, because like a movie, the I think the most most recent movie that we both saw of, from Noah Baumbach was the uh, While We We're Young, yeah. right? And so, how would you like? Because we both liked that movie. Yeah, really liked it. Um, While We We're Young was more focused. It had more of a uh, plot, and I think it just it had more laughs. It felt a little more. Um, the you know some of the characters in that weren't lovable, but it no one was just so unpleasant that you're like, um, not not enjoying their screen time, and and uh, I think that's what Dustin you know no discredit to Dustin Hoffman I think that's what he was asked to do I I mm-hmm. absolutely believe that the script called for it, um, but like I said that's a real challenge. To yeah. pull off, and and uh, Noah Baumbach doesn't rise to the challenge. There were a couple of laughs, but it felt a little unfocused, and um, it kind of dragged on. And uh, there, there were some times where, like my frustration with Dustin Hoffman, um, I, th- I think was well executed. There's specifically so Dustin Hoffman is kind of a. Um, He's an artist, but he never really broke out. Uh, and you can tell that he was kind of hoping to vicariously live for, through his children. And there's a, there's a particular scene where he was um, talking about how he had really hoped there would be more artists in the family. And uh, Adam Sandler has a daughter, um, Eliza, played by Grace Van Patten who does a really good job too. Um, all the acting's well done in this. Uh, and uh, he's like, well, you know, she she wants to be a filmmaker, but it seems like all the kids are doing that these days. And there was like that particular scene where he's complaining about not having artists in the family. Right. I was like, okay, this is, this is unlikable done well. This is something that like, you know, we all understand. A lot of us are familiar with at least the idea of, the parents trying to vicariously relive their youth or their glory, et cetera. And like that scene was really well done uh, as frustrating as it was. Um, but then there's other scenes where he's just um, Dustin Hoffman's character is just so unpleasant. That it's just like, I, I can't wait for this scene to end. Um, <laughs> and the other thing that I think I mentioned last week, I was really excited to see Adam Sandler in a somewhat, um, in in a role where he was required to act a little more as opposed to um, his usual stock of <laughs> uh, yeah. guy who has Adam Sandler problems, super hot wife, and a lot of money. Yeah. And he did a good job. Um, and he did exactly what I was hoping for, and I still felt let down by this movie. So I don't recommend it. I gave it a five. Um, it's trending at a seven on IMDb. Um, there might be, there might be an audience for it. Maybe just people who find it a little more relatable perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it just didn't, uh, it didn't connect. And, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I'll be curious to see what Noah Baumbach does next. I think that like at this point between like Francis Ha and um, while we're young specifically, I'm still interested in what he's going to be doing. And this wasn't an absolute disaster. It's just, it's hard to build a movie around um, 
that centers around a family caring for someone who's unlikable. Yeah. Um, and it can work, but it just wasn't, it wasn't earned. Like you don't see, um, you don't see what they see in him other than the fact that he is their father. So, right. Well, uh, yeah, that stinks. Yeah. But it's all right. Such is life. It is. All right. So, yeah. Uh, Midnight Express from 1979. Yes. Um, based on, uh, the story, or well, let me tell you who, who's directed by uh, by Alan Parker, uh, who's done quite a. He did like Mississippi Burning, um, Evita, um, uh, a couple, yeah, a couple things here and there. But uh, uh, it was written by uh, Oliver Stone and Billy Hayes, the guy who actually went through this, and the, the story is based on. Uh, so basically, this is. Um, the story of a guy who was in Turkey, got caught smuggling, and was thrown into a Turkish prison. Mm. And you know all the all the references to like an airplane. You know, have, have you ever, <laughs> you ever been, been in a, Turkish, in a prison? Turkish prison? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and all those things are based off this. And uh, what I found kind of interesting was uh, just doing a little bit of research on this movie. Like this movie was like the Turkish government like banned this movie and tried to have it banned in Europe in Europe. Um, this like made, uh, it, it, the, uh, the, the tourist trade like went down dramatically because of this movie in Turkey. Um, and so what it basically tells, oh, well, it doesn't basically, I don't know why I say basically, it's just a, a bridge to another word, but, um, it tells the story of his time in this Turkish prison. Um, uh, it's a little weird. Because you get, uh, you see a young um, uh, Randy Quaid. <laughs> um, you get to see John Hurt, which is kind of nice. Nice. Um, uh, and it's it's a good movie. It is a good movie. Uh, I think it, it has a little. The seventies, some seventies movies are real subject. Like they're very. There's some telltale signs to them. It's. Uh, uh, long, like far away shots with people walking and their voices are obviously dubbed over, you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, action, uh, um, uh, slice of life kind of scenes where people were doing like a crowd is doing some, like they're playing like some kind of volleyball and then they'll do like, they'll just stay on this one shot for a while and then they'll just, intersplice something like someone real close, a hand hitting the ball and they go back right back. Just some telltale signs of seventies uh, filmmaking. Mm -hmm. It's a little weird. It's, um, and a lot of like the editing is kind of, it's not, is not real tight on this movie, but uh, overall it's a good movie. I, I, it was cool to see. Um, it was weird because the, the main c character, uh, Billy Hayes is played by Brad Davis. Um, he looks like a, he looks like a young Matt Damon in this movie. Um, like in the Bourne movies. Mm -hmm. um, and like, I was wondering, like, I never, like, I haven't seen him really in anything else. He really didn't do a whole lot of big movies. Um, it, it turns out that he, in 1979, he contracted AIDS. Mm. And then um, 
and actually hid it like from Hollywood and tried to keep acting because I guess there's a little, there's quite a stigma with that, um, you know, throughout the 80s and stuff. And then he ended up dying in 1991. Uh, but by that time, he had become he'd come out, I guess, come out um, and and become like an activist for for uh, uh, leading the charge of trying to take the stigma off of it and stuff. And I guess his his wife or his widow is still an activist for that kind of stuff. So it's a little interesting. To mm-hmm. see, you know, just, you know, uh, you know, he died at 41, so he's kind of, you know, taken away a little bit too quickly. Um, yeah. But uh, as far as like the mystique and stuff in this movie, um, there are some, you know, shocking scenes or, you know, very just like, you know, I couldn't imagine being there. Um, I'm sure they took some liberties, but uh, for the most part, um, it was. Um, yeah, it was just, it was a horrible prison to be in, you know, um, you know, like a third world country prison, even though yeah. Turkey's not quite a third world, you know, isn't a, isn't a third world country, you know, they're just, their prison system is for shit, um, no. at this time. And, um, just recently they came out with, um, uh, a documentary called Midnight Return, mm-hmm. uh, the story of Billy Hayes in Turkey. And it tells the story of this guy, Billy Hayes. And what he's done since, um, and where what his life has been like since, and it, actually him going back to Turkey. Um, it's not streaming anywhere, and I, I haven't been able to watch it, but I'd be interested to watch it now that I've seen this. Um, I've heard a, an interview or two with him recently. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's it's definitely worth it checking out. Um, it's not streaming. Um, I don't know if it's worth the buy if you're not really into it, but it, it, I think for. Um, I guess context, like pop culture context, and yeah. um, just just overall film knowledge. I mean, this is a pretty. Uh, this is one of those, you know, nineteen seventies touchstone movies. You know, one probably one of a of the uh, of a hundred films in in the seventies. That's probably you know it's up there on the list, and um, as far as popular good you know movies that are culturally culturally re- relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, I gave it a seven. Uh, Metascore is like seven point nine. Uh, it's trending at about seven point six. So yeah, if you're if you want to see what all the all the cultural touchstones are, uh, check it out. Nice, nice, nice. Um, I'm yeah, I'm I'm interested. I'll say that. Yeah, uh, if it comes, I'll I'll keep an eye out on it and see if it comes up streaming sometimes and uh i'll try to try to recommend it yeah absolutely awesome um i did watch another movie Mm -hmm. um a movie i don't know i think i talked about on this show uh and thought i I thought i had i know i in my head i thought i wanted to watch it it's called uh, wakefield from 2016 um actually 2000 it says 2016 but i think it's actually 2017 it's uh uh, Brian Cranston mm-hmm. and um, Jennifer Gardner, and it's um, basically about a guy who one day gets home late from work and just kind of hides out in his garage. And what goes from like an hour missing dinner to a night to maybe longer, and that's what the whole. And it's basically Brian Cranston like a one man show. Um, and, um, I was 
really interested because it looked fast. Like, the trailer looked really good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, just, it, it was pretty good, and Cranston's great. He really is. Um, and story, it's a clever story, um, and it's a it's a unique way to kind of get in the mind of somebody. Um, he doesn't play a really lovable character, but he doesn't play an altogether despicable character either. Um, and it just it kind of plays on. It's kind of like a midlife crisis type thing, or uh, uh, suburban angst, or suburban malaise. You know, kind of plays on that the uh, you know the the first world problems that we yeah. you know sometimes run into. What does it all uh, mean? Yes, um, and it's interesting. Um, it's it's a little melodramatic at times, but mm-hmm. for the most part, it was good. I gave it a six, and you know, I love watching Cranston work. Yeah, and uh, it's it's right now it's on Showtime. So uh, if you if you have that, check that out. Nice, 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 nice. Uh, I haven't been, I haven't been watching a lot this week, so I'm trying to think. I I think that that was that was it for me. Was uh was the Meyerwitz story? So yeah, that's um watching any good TV or uh yeah 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 um did I mention already? I, I finished uh, season two of uh, Jessica Jones. Well, yeah, you, you said you were watching it. Okay, yeah, I finished season two of Jessica Jones. Uh, big fan of the show. Uh, overall, really good. Um, but it suffers the same thing that every single Marvel Netflix TV show has suffered, and it just it it really gets going, uh, and then. It's it's a thirteen episode order, and then around episode eight, it starts to really lag. Yeah, it stalls out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and then it becomes like, okay, I have to sit down and make it through the next two or three hours of this show just to get to the ending, to so I can enjoy the last two episodes of the show. Just make it a ten episode run. Make it a nine episode run. Yeah, that's it. Like that is. That was my big criticism for season two of that um, of that show, but it's it just seems to be the case with all of the Marvel Netflix shows. Um, and uh, yeah, so I so I finished that up, and a little bit of uh, Bob's Burgers here and there, <laughs> uh, which uh, I am a fan of. So. Yes, um, I liked. Uh, I'm I'm a fan of Archer. Yeah. Too. And yeah. they did a little crossover. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which was fun. Um, it's it was so weird uh, for me because I watched Archer long before I ever watched Bob's Burgers. And so H. John Benjamin's voice to me is very like, you know, uh, suave guy, even though Archer's yes. not really, you know kind of bumbling great at what he does but he he's still he's well put together in the in the cartoon um and hearing him be this like uh not egotistical kind of schlep is just yeah a little bit of adjustment at first but yeah it's funny because well uh this week on this week with john oliver yes um uh he was on at for their end skit which was kind of funny yeah uh, so it was nice to see him. 
Yeah. Oh, you know what I did do the other day was I watched a ton of YouTube videos, and one of those actually was uh, John Oliver's. Um, he you you might have seen it that um, where he kind of goes in on Alex Jones. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he talks about uh, how uh, all of his all the clips um, he plays are out of context, so he plays the full clips where he right. just starts shilling out products. Yes. Yeah, and then he gets his. Uh... What's I forget his name. The guy from uh, Jack Thirty Rock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I uh, I enjoyed that, and then I watched a bunch of just they were like movie they were movie related. Um, none were too fascinating. I did send you the um, the Batman one. Maybe I'll tweet that out right now. Um, but again, watch another thing about Cloverfield. Uh, I can't escape it for some reason. Yeah, well, this is another another fan theory or where things went wrong, etc. Well, yeah, well, I guess, yeah, you're you're definitely into that. I I like kind of. I I guess I need to watch the first Cloverfield again just to get yeah back into it. I just I like the second one so much, and oh, I it felt was so great. Yeah, and I just felt like, um. I enjoyed the first one, but when I'm, when I'm watching these videos, I definitely can tell that people like are are really big fans of the first one, mm-hmm. and uh, they kind of tolerate the second one. They're like, okay, yeah, because the Cloverfield part does feel feel really tacked on, yeah. But from you know, it's just such a good movie in spite of the tacked on ending that I just. Yeah, uh, I love it. Um, but yeah, I'm really, I really watch a lot of like movie related video essays that people do on YouTube. Some good, some not. But I'll, I'll have to start being more uh, proactive about tweeting those out to share with the listeners yeah, and followers. Definitely. I'd be interested in seeing them too. Yeah, so uh, they're on on Twitter, uh, Bruin View Pod at Bruin View Pod. Yeah, where you can find yeah, yeah. us everywhere. Uh, what, uh, so what do you want the listeners to watch or, or no, what do you want me to watch this week? Sorry. So, um, this week Imperium from, uh, 2016 mm-hmm. starring Harry Potter is, yes. uh, streaming on Amazon prime. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, I'm going to have you watch beware of Mr. Baker. Yes. Uh, watch the first 10 minutes. The first minute and a half of this movie will suck you in. Perfect. So just, <laughs> beware of that um it's streaming on netflix right now it's about uh, ginger baker the drummer from cream nice. widely widely considered the best drummer of all time cream always rises to the top mm-hmm. and for the listeners this week i'm going to tie it into our biopics uh for this week uh stream on amazon right now uh hearts war uh starring colin farrell and um Bruce Willis. Nice. Uh, I, uh, in keeping with the theme of biopics, um, I'm recommending a movie uh, based on a guy that doesn't exist uh, called Magic Mike from uh, 2012. It's streaming Mm -hmm. on Netflix. And uh, if you have any reservations or perhaps judgments about the movie, watch it first. I've heard it's good. Soderbergh, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, He... (laughs) <laughs> he uh definitely puts his twist on it it is um 
I don't know. It it just is one of those movies where it's like, sat like I don't remember the exact circumstance where I sat down to watch it, um, but I was like, this is really good. Like this is um, like stripping is uh, male strippers are just kind of uh, part of it. I mean, it is. It's not just like a. Uh, like a girl's version of Bachelor Party or American Pie or something like that. It's, it's, right. It's got some some heft to it. Some some girth, some length. Yeah. It's, I like it. No, I'm a, <laughs> I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a big fan of this movie. Um, and it is one of those where um, I think a lot of people are quick to judge it um, based on its cover. And we were kind of talking earlier about um, movies. This would probably be one of those that I would use an example of, like the trailer sold an entirely different movie. Yeah. So, so it's streaming yeah. on Netflix, and I really I think uh, anyone who is not sure should give it a try. It might not be for you, but at least you um, didn't just decide that uh, you know it's 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 a dumb stripper movie. You yeah. actually saw it and uh, and enjoy, and uh, experienced it. And uh, I think a lot of people would enjoy it. Cool. More than they think they would. No, that's very progressive pick of yours. Thank you very much. I didn't know that you didn't see it. Um, I have not. Um, I just, I haven't gotten around to it. Yeah. And every time it's like available, I'm just kind of like, do I want to do it? Oh, I mean, I would be, I I feel like I've watched it already, you know, based on, that's another. It's another movie. It's kind of kind of in the zeitgeist, you know, as far as, um. But eh, maybe I'll just check it out. Yeah, I I think you should. I think that you will find value in the movie. So, cool. Yeah, will do. Have you seen Hearts War? Uh, no, I have not. I actually had okay. to look it up on IMDb. I recognize the title, but I've definitely never seen the movie. It's so. it's it, camp in World War II. Um, I can't say it's a great movie, uh, but it's an interesting movie. It kind of tells a story about how it's kind of like Hogan's Heroes, but like a real... Yeah, more grounded. More realistic, but still a little bit over the top and cheesy at points. Um, But it's still... It's I I remember like liking it. I've I've seen it a handful of times, or not a handful, probably two or three times. Well, that's a handful, I suppose. Um, But it's not bad. Call Pharaoh's good. Not playing his uh, usual cheesy douchey self at that time period in 2003. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's playing a little bit more reserved. And uh, yeah, not bad. Nice, so. nice, nice. Awesome. All right. Um, Hearts War. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, so next week we're talking Imperium uh, on that streaming on Amazon Prime and Beware of Mr. Baker, which is streaming on Netflix. If you guys want to wait till uh, we weigh in on that, um, in the meantime, Hearts War is streaming on Amazon Prime, and Magic Mike is streaming on Netflix. Cool. Yes. Go cool, cool. All right. I have to keep it real. I've got to break the seal. Okay. <laughs> I like it. All right. BRB. Yep. All right. We're back. <clears throat> we are. All right. Yes. Yeah, so I don't know why I thought of this. I thought. I like it. Just well, we're gonna make a in the in the in the um, what do you call it in the in the spirit spirit of keeping it one hundred. Because mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say keeping it 
one hundred or wow. however. A a the, singular hundred. Hundred, yeah. <laughs> the, how the hip kids say it. Um, I uh, I thought well, biopics are kind of keeping it true to the storytelling of uh, people. I don't know why, but yeah. we haven't done it yet, so that's why. I so, hey, the goal of uh, the biopic is to uh, keep it a hundred. Yeah. And or uh, be very entertaining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, very, very much so. So um, I'll, uh, I'll go first and let you, you please top do. it off if you're happy yeah. with your number one. Um, I'm very, very. I, I had fun doing this list, um, and I wish I had more time to do a little bit more research on the people that it was based off of. But for the most part, I know uh, just because I had seen the movie and I kind of did some more kind of sniffing around after the, I saw the movie, so I have an idea. But I uh, tried to stay away from the obvious ones, um, uh, ones I go to a lot. Um, so, what? And unfortunately, none of mine are streaming, which sucks. Uh, but I, I want to try to keep more of those streaming, but don't always get it. But um, my number five mm. uh, from 2005, uh, directed by Tony Scott, uh, starring Keira Knightley is Domino. Mm. Um, it's uh, it's it's about the uh, story of Domino Harvey, who's a a model turned bounty hunter. Uh, starring uh, uh, Keira Knightley, like I said, Mickey Rourke, Edgar Ramirez, uh, Delroy Lindo, love Delroy Lindo, Monique's in this. Uh, oh, Mina Sorvino's in it, or no, not Mina Mira Sorvino. No, that's Mina. Servia. Anyways, um, so yeah, this is um, it, it comes out one year after uh, Man on Fire, right? So mm -hmm. remember the the stout. Yeah, absolutely. It was very his. Uh, he had a very decided style to go with, and I think that was. Um, I don't know. The only other Tony Scott movie that jumps out to me is uh, is Top Gun. Yeah. Um, and this style is very different from that. Yes. Um, have you seen this movie? Yeah. Domino? Yeah. Okay. I. So, I mean, I still okay. do, but I. Um, in uh, in the uh, the high school era, uh, yeah. Karen Knightley was was my jam. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, hot lady. But. Yes, but like that kind of washed out style. Yes, you know, and uh, very, very edited, like just jumpy cuts. You mm -hmm. know, uh, handheld stuff. You know, always kind of moving around. It was the way they. The story is, is that they, you know, she did this. Um, she moved from modeling to bounty hunter, and so was supposedly pretty good at it. And then uh, they were doing like a, a reality show type thing for with bounty hunters, and they mm -hmm. were being filmed. But then they got into all kinds of trouble and all kinds of stuff um it's it's fast paced it moves pretty fast it's not as good as man on fire mm -hmm. uh but it's still i really enjoy this movie i still like this movie i've seen it probably within the last like three years three or four years um uh, uh this is where i first met edgar edgar ramirez um and i think he's a really great actor i I really liked him in this, and of course, Gear Knightley is great. I thought Mickey Rourke was was like a dog, the bounty hunter type. Oh <laughs> he yeah, was he was pulling perfect. from that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, uh, yeah. If you haven't checked this out, it's it's a pretty good 
movie. I don't know how uh, true it is to uh, to the real life story. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there was plenty of liberties taken, but uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, um, the real life Domino died like two or three weeks or two or three months before the movie came out. Uh, she overdid on fentanyl. Um, uh, yeah, so that was uh, kind of a bummer that you know this kind of uh, unlikely bounty hunter. Yeah, uh, you know, in her story, she didn't get to uh, see it to fruition, I guess. But uh, yeah, check it out if you can. It's not streaming, like I said, but it's worth a watch. Nice, 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 nice. Uh, so I had uh, I have a couple of honorable mentions that we'll. Um, I, that we can get to uh, specific mm-hmm. reasons I like this, but this was actually a last minute edition of mine. Um, I forgot how much I like this movie uh, from 2001 starring uh, Johnny Depp and Penelope Cruz uh, directed by Ted Deem or Demi D E M M E who Brad, you might know uh, he directed Dennis Leary, no cure for cancer yeah, uh, as well as rounders. Uh, he did the movie Blow uh, about George Jung. And uh, I, now that I'm thinking back, okay, um, I guess to, to backtrack a little bit, I was telling you about how I usually like to build my lists um, off memory first and then kind of whittle it down, hone it, uh, et cetera, do my research after, after I right. come up with a couple. I was, when uh, you, you pitched the idea, that sounds way more professional than. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know if we've earned. Uh, it's a hundred episodes. We're pitching ideas now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so so when you uh, when you threw that out there, um, I was like, I I thought it was a great idea. I was, yeah, absolutely. And then I thought I was like, I don't know if I've, I can't think of any biopics. I couldn't think of anything off the top of the head. <laughs> um, and then I did a little research, and I was like, oh. I've seen a ton of these. This is actually going to be harder to cut it down to five than I thought it would be to come up with five. Right. So um, I really like the style of Blow. Uh, sometimes the biopics uh, will kind of... Um, I mean, Domino is a great example of one that doesn't sacrifice style. Um, it it has a distinct style. Um, and I th- and uh, sometimes biopics just kind of plot along um just trying to get every little bit of information out there yeah sometimes they're more about cramming in information than they are about giving a movie a distinct style and i felt like this uh had a really cool style to it a really neat aesthetic um it's uh of course you know i think every movie on this list is probably takes a, a ton of liberties um and I'm sure this is no exception, uh, but it does, you know, it, it plays with the um, format. It doesn't do it straightforward. Uh, it's it's shot very nicely. Um, you know, people with a lot of money doing lavish things usually looks pretty good on camera anyways. Yeah. Um, I just remember the scene specifically where he, uh, where he gets caught in the sting was, uh, I don't know, it was just it's like something I've never seen before. Like it was almost like the, there were four guys at the table and, um, Johnny Depp's George Young is, is at the head of the table and, you know, the camera zooms in on him, the lights fade around the other guys and they all stand up 
push out and stand up and it just felt like uh there's something cool about it like hey we're we're excusing ourselves from the story now um and i think there's a couple of those moments in this movie where it's just really um ted dim sorry that i sorry ted i'm sure you're a listener um (laughs) (laughs) that they really showcases that he can um he can set up some shots and he can do something cool with this beyond just um all these movies I'm sure that we use as examples are gonna be just beyond textbook. Like it's yeah. not Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's not just well, information. Yeah. They get a little bit of style with it. It's not just Absolutely. that bland storytelling. Yeah. It's uh they have to make it a little bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. Uh, I think well, you know, Scorsese does it really well. Absolutely. Um you know, because he does quite a bit of biopics now that I think about it. And, yes. Um, and, and this, yeah, I remember this movie pretty fondly. Um, and I've heard, you know, you think, you know, sometimes they take liberties with, you know, his involvement, like this, maybe this kind of particular involvement. Like, I've, heard, I've listened to a lot of stuff on, uh, on uh, uh, Pablo Escobar, right? Yeah. And, and this guy was that he was very important in in the drug trade. Yeah, he was like, like one he of the was biggest up to his eyeballs in it. Yeah, he was like the biggest trafficker in America or like yeah. the number one supplier of Pablo Esc- of the like cartels, Medellin yeah. cartels, cocaine, which was like majority of the American supply. Yeah. Oh, and it, it kind of harkens back to the uh, thing we I think we touched on a little bit in the podcast, but the, what was that uh, story about the two guys, pin kings. Uh, what's that? Pin kings. Yes, pin yeah. kings. Yeah, yeah. Good yes. podcast. Um, I just hate how they always. It was ESPN clearly yes. capitalizing on on a market that's hot right now. I just hated how they always tried to like draw it back to wrestling. Yeah. Goes <laughs> along with our. Do we have that ESPN conversation on on tape? I don't know if we did or not. Yeah, we talked Maybe. about ESPN recently. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah probably not. Probably not, but. yeah. We were talking about athletes choking and how it's probably not a thing. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, that's a, it's a good pick. I like it. I like cool. it a lot. Yeah. Um, it was streaming on Netflix. I just checked. It's not anymore. It's not on Amazon. Yeah. Prime, I, I, so. Oh, no, it is streaming on uh, if you got Cinemax. Oh, you okay. Watch it on Cinemax. So there you go. Check that out. Uh, cool. Um, my next one, number four, and most of mine are really recent, so I apologize for that, guys. Um, but these are the ones that just kind of stuck out to me, kind of off the beaten path. Um, a movie I think I talked a little bit about before, but haven't really. I think I think it watched it before we started um, really podcasting uh, from 2015, um, uh, to- starring Tom Hardy as two different characters, Reggie and Ronnie right. Cray, and the movie Legend. Um, a story about the uh, the Cray brothers fr- from the London underground, the Lo- London mobsters in the the late sixty, early seventies, or no, I might even go back to the fifties, uh, but in into the sixties. And these guys, um, the Cray brothers, like in real life, they were gangsters. They were definitely mobsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not really good guys because there was they did a lot of bad things. But in the movie, kind of. 
you know uh, how movies do when you know they hmm. they tend to um, shine a better light on mobsters than what they actually are. But uh, uh, he plays two different characters. Well done. He plays a, the the crazy wacky, um, well not wacky but crazy unhinged uh, Cray brother twin, and then he plays the more smooth. He well, you know what it is. It's kind of like Pesci and De Niro. You mm-hmm. know, it's like uh, Jimmy Conway and. Um, uh, Tommy, uh, what's his last name? Tommy. Tommy. Um, Get the fuck uh, out of here. Uh, yeah. Is it Tommy DeVito? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. So he, it's like those two characters wrapped into twins, and and it's uh, it's yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty it's, good pitch. <laughs> yeah, uh, but a really not a, not a great movie, but a really great performance. Uh, Emily Browning's pretty good, uh, and just that whole. Uh, 60 scene uh, in London. It, it, I thought it really captured it well. The pub scene and just there was very little like gun violence, but it was a lot of beatdowns with bats and Ugh. and cricket sticks and all that stuff. Um, uh, and the Craig <laughs> Brothers, like I said, they are real people. Check yeah. them out. You know, we, Wikipedia real quick. You know, you know it's not always the best uh, way to get your information, but it's a way to get information. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, the Cray brothers, I found it, found them fascinating, and I love Tom Hardy so much. Um, and I couldn't put Bronson on, had it on last week. So, uh, yeah, so Legend yeah. from 2015, and like I said, not streaming. Talk about having a definite style. Bronson's got it. Yes, absolutely. Yes, 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 y'all. To the beach, y'all. All right. Um, I'm, I'm going to stick with uh, 2015. Uh, okay. So, uh, a lengthy biopic about damn it. Uh, damn it, damn it, damn it. Okay, <laughs> about five uh, young men who were oh. coming uh, straight out of Compton. Oh, uh, yeah. This story, straight out of Compton, is the uh, story of NWA, the um, uh, gangster rap group that uh, popularized um, in a lot of way, in a lot of ways was the prototype. For uh, gangster rap music, um, they kept it a hundred. Uh, yeah. Directed by F. Gary Gray, um, starring O'Shea Jackson Jr. as O'Shea Jackson, uh, Corey Hawkins as Dr. Dre, uh, Jason Mitchell as Easy E, Neil Brown Jr. as DJ Yella, Aldous Hodge as MC Ren, uh, Marlon Yates Jr. as the DOC, uh, and and uh, no one can do it better, of course. Um, they uh definitely this is another one they just uh i think i said this when we this was really early in our run mm-hmm. uh but this is this is um they really portray them as, as superheroes uh they definitely did they uh dr dre at at best has a checkered past um and it it's around this time that all that stuff is happening uh, and it's a story that I personally have in a lot of interest in rap music, uh, a story that I'm familiar with, uh, that, but I was still, uh, taken with watching it unfold. And, um, like I said, it is, it's really long, like, um, and I think you could, you could trim it down, but you, there's a lot of stuff you lose cause it's a pretty, there's a lot going on in in the in the short run that NWA had, yeah, uh, as a group. So um, 
it's uh, I don't think it's, it's streaming anywhere. It, Go ahead. Sorry. No. I, well, it's a. I mean, it's definitely. It feels like it was over. I mean, it was definitely felt like it was produced by those guys, right? Like, yeah. It doesn't really like it does. It does take a good look at the the controversy in which they stirred the mm-hmm. way that they, um, you know, their their kind of rise and kind of fall as a group. Yeah. And kind of individually. Um, and but it does it it definitely puts a, a a pretty good polish on most of them. Yeah. Um, you know, whereas like, you know, there like you said, there was some bad stuff. You know, like I don't maybe like in today's climate, like just two three years later, that the, you know, with the Me Too stuff, like with all Dr. Yeah. Dre stuff, like Michelle is not mentioned at all, and yeah. uh, <laughs> I think that's pretty pretty common knowledge. In in uh, situation with D Barnes as well, um, yeah. But you know what the the, the thing that it does well uh, is a lot of times like they. I think I talked about this recently on on Mavs, somewhat recently. For some reason, I just kind of got in this loop where I was listening to this album within probably the past six months, where mm-hmm. I, I'd probably listened to the album front to back no less than five times. Right. And uh, one, I don't know why. I <laughs> like I don't know what got me on that path. I mean, it's a great album. Oh, because it's great. It's yeah, it's absolutely a great album. But it like I'm just thinking like it must have come on on shuffle or something. And I was just like, nah, you know, I want to hear I want to hear what songs next. It is a fantastic album, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but they like compared to how graphic lyrics have gotten today, like something like "fuck the police" was pretty uh mild and in yeah. all honesty it wasn't like calling for violence against police it was calling them out for the exact things that um that the uh rodney king riots would would later shed more of a light on <coughs> they, they yeah. told you exactly what was happening so all that negative stuff is so readily out there but i don't think they get enough credit for actually um being true to their experiences and so yeah. maybe that's part of well, the reason why straight out of compton is a, is a little um more pol- gives a more polished version of them and actually like in like out of all those guys ice 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 cube did m- the most of that as he went more solo stuff yeah. like he he addressed it a lot yeah more. absolutely and, like and it's weird to see him like go from that to what he is now like he right you know, and because he was he was like a, an activist in his own way. Yeah, I mean and his what was his, his uh, solo album "America's Most Wanted," America with three Ks. Yeah, um, death certificate had Uncle Sam in a body bag. Yeah, uh, yeah, he he definitely was um, very in tune to uh, to that to what's. Um, Basically, they warned you about all this stuff that that we keep seeing in the news cycle now. Yeah, um, yeah, it was thirty uh, years ago. It, yeah, like I said, it was it was more of a social. Like he went to more social, where like Dre and Dre and uh, Easy just kept going back at each other and just talking yeah. about you know getting high and stuff. And it was kind of you know while the songs were great, good, you know, Chronic. Oh yeah, great album, great as well. album. You yeah. know, but it was doesn't have the so, so, social social. Uh, 
uh, kind of commentary. I don't think that the other ones have, you know. No, yeah, I, I or mean, that that Ice Cube has. Ice Cube was definitely the the best writer of the group, and uh, I, I think that's evident <laughs> yeah, at this point. For sure. Um, yep. But good, yeah, uh, good pick. Yeah, as uh, me, there's four four friends, uh, four my or three of my buddies, so four of us. We'd ride around on our on our huffies and or not yeah. a, you know our BMX bikes. We'd drive ride around the countryside, you know, mm-hmm. in South Central PA, um, <laughs> and have a tape, a tape recorder like strapped to the front of our bikes and be just playing. You know, straight out of Compton, or uh, all all the you know all the you know we just you know the whitest kids in the world playing that stuff in the middle of uh, you know farm country, yeah. riding down the road, thinking we were badasses. So yeah, had a big influence. And like you were saying, um, you know the uh, uh, the uh, oh uh, Uncle Luke, uh, uh, what's the Two Live Crew? Two Live Crew, right. So you you look at their li- lyrics in that album. and <laughs> They're nasty was, as they want to be. And yeah. Apparently and it was, they wanted to be pretty nasty. Yeah. And it's and it's kind of, well, it's actually kind of comical now, their lyrics, you know. Yeah. Uh, lyrics compared to what, you know, some, like, it, like you said, it's, it's kind of tame and kind of nostalgic almost and kind of quaint. Yeah. <laughs> some of their stuff. Yeah. I, I think really removed from the situation uh can and appreciate kind of that you know a lot of it uh they they just had a lot to say and they were kind of um the uh not the first ones but they were definitely uh like i said the the proto gangster rap for sure so they were they were kind of one of the first ones to uh really strike a chord with their they were really just describing their they're like the the news crew for, um, we, you know, ABC Seven was scared to go. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it's not streaming. Um, it's it's worth seeking out. Um, it does it does put a pretty nice, uh, you know, glo- it's it's glossy for sure. Mm. Um, but uh, definitely better than Notorious and head and shoulders above all eyes on me so yeah so maybe the funnest one on my list the one that i actually you know anyone can sit down and watch this is a made for everyone and directed by steven spielberg uh from 2002 (gasps) yes 2002 starring overlap oh good this is this this was my next one too so it's perfect perfect good yep uh catch me if you can the story of Frank Abigail, Abig, Ab, Abagnale. Yeah, now Abigail? that I'm looking at it written down, it's Ab, yeah. Frank Abagnale, Jr. Yeah. The, the the A or the the B, the G, and the N all together. Yeah, it's hard to say. So, um, fun, great movie. I mean, just upbeat and yeah, um, just uh, you know. Not, I don't even think Spielberg at his best because I think this is Tom Hanks at his best. You yeah, know? it's great. Tom Hanks, fun. This, this was. Uh, I don't want to say the first time. It might be the first time I remember DiCaprio as not, and obviously he plays a really smooth guy here. But 
one of the first times I remember seeing him and and uh, maybe it's just the time in my life when I saw him, but being able to be like, okay, this guy, this guy's a good actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's yeah. definitely like, I like Titanic, but you know, he was, he was the, yeah. uh, he didn't the, do that much. In yeah. I mean, he was this, he was the, uh, sex symbol and, uh, for the girls. And we all know it was for what, what was drawn the guys in, but, um, yeah. So there was Titanic and, just looking like the beach. I don't. I still haven't. I've never seen that movie. Gangs of New it's York. It's not and bad. It's not can. bad. Came out the same. <laughs> God. Yeah. Um. Very different performances. Uh. Yeah. But yeah. So this is one of the first times I remember being like, "Oh wow, cool." I I actually like Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, and like this this is a bright movie the whole way through it as mm-hmm. far as like shooting. You know this um this that there's no like real dark uh, lighting anywhere. I mean, I mean, maybe in dark room, but like for the most part, it feels bright. It feels fun. It feels. Fast. It is upbeat. It's very yeah. It's it really plays into that. The catch me if you can. It plays into the the chase motif. It leans into that, and uh, I think stylistically, it it definitely it nails that. Yep, and um, it felt like this this went on like for years and years and years and years. But I was looking doing a little bit of research on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and pretty, this guy did all this like before the age of 19. Right. <laughs> like at 19, he had like had cons worth millions of dollars, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just uh, a neat little like uh, one of those stories that like we look at fondly now, but pretty much is all of the, you know, all the all the annoying phone calls and stuff you get now, yeah. you know, like the numbers that you kind of recognize, and then you're like, oh damn it, yeah, you know, just add a likable face to it, yeah, yeah. This this you know, this was uh, you know the uh, the the prince in uh, Nigeria, the Nigerian prince mm-hmm. scam, you know, but earlier. <laughs> so, um, I yeah, I this is definitely worth the watch. Not streaming, um, but. Um, I think, and I think an underrated Spielberg movie. Cause I, I don't think people, people kind of forget that he actually did this cause it yeah. falls like, you know, really soon after like Schindler's list and, you know, um, um, yeah. So it's in, I think AI was somewhere in there. Maybe that was like 98 <laughs> or something like 97, 98. Um, yeah, but, no, it's, it's definitely, um, oh, wow. What? Okay, I, I officially have beef with IMDb. Uh, Steven Spielberg's known for his top four movies. I see that right now. Yeah, AI, Minority Report. Um, no one really talks about those anymore. Close Encounters, sure. Third on the list, I, I could see that. Jurassic Park being fourth, come on. I would, yeah. I would go Jaws, Jurassic Park, maybe Close Encounters, uh, Schindler's List, um, uh, Raiders. Yeah, I mean, I know you like E.T. E.T. Yeah, How? those first three are questionable at best. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to find that, but I'm very distracted. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> oh, yeah. I, this aggression will not stand, man. 
So yeah, uh, good little movie, fun. Yeah. And I think I've said that about sixteen times. No, but it's it's such a great way to describe it. Is it is it is good. It is fun. It's it's digestible. Uh, it's interesting, and it's a true story, which is yeah. And you're rooting crazy. for every character in the movie, right? Yeah, great, what, incredibly well acted. I'm, I I agree with you on the Tom Hanks part on that, for sure. It is one of his. Alrighty, well, I guess it's back to me then, mm-hmm. since I stole yours. Um, nope. Team teamwork. Yes, teamwork. Uh, this movie I didn't realize was a, a biopic until I did a little bit more research, and then I found out it was from 2005. Uh, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Jamie Foxx, and the reason I was singing uh, a little bit of Con- Kanye earlier, yeah. uh, Jarhead from 2005. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, this movie is based on uh, the guy who wrote it, Anthony Sa- uh, Snowford. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony Swoford uh, wrote a, wrote a book about his time as a Marine Scout sniper in the first Iraqi war and that um, about pretty much his whole experience. And I think they adapted it. Uh, well, William Broyles adapted it and Sam Mendes did uh, directed it. <clears throat> but uh, this movie for me, like, I this is one of my top probably twenty five movies. I really enjoyed this movie. The soundtrack the soundtrack is is really interesting because they took a lot of like uh, time period music and then they mm-hmm. also added in stuff that like from the future. I don't know why they did some of that stuff, but the, some of the visual aspects of this movie are is are amazing. Uh, the burning oil fields. Uh, the oil fields at the lake of oil and all like just mm-hmm. the, uh, uh, and also the, f- the hopeless feeling that the, um, the, the characters have or the way that it, so basically, well, basically it's a story about how like we send all these guys over and we're ready to kick some butt and they literally don't, they hardly see any action at all. Yeah. Um, and that, uh, it's, and it's the uh, I don't I don't even know how how I would explain it. It's like a frustrated warrior. You know, you're there to do a job, and then you know, you get to see all the carnage and all the other stuff, but you don't aren't there doing what you were trained to do. And it, uh, um, it's a it's a fascinating look. Um, yeah, I recommend this movie wholeheartedly. I, um, it's it's visceral. It's it's a little bit. Uh, I don't know. In some ways, it's it's uh, a little bit patriotic, but in other ways, it's kind of um, you know, kind of saying, "What are we doing with the the men we send over to yeah. these places?" It's not jingoistic. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's um, it's interesting and um, yeah. a, a really good performance is um, by all. All included. Uh, Peter Sarsgaard was great. I mean, this is the first time I remember seeing him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucas Black was really great in this. Um, but yeah, uh, if you get a chance, uh, see it. I'm sure you've seen this. I, I have not seen it. I was just going to say, oh, really? I've not seen this before. So uh, yeah, uh, check it out. It's an interesting look at that first uh, war that, you know, everyone thinks we just went in and kicked Buck and, and left. Mm-hmm. And 
there was a lot of bad stuff that went on at that time. Yeah. Could imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah, if it po- I, I do want to see it. So uh, you sold me on it. I definitely re- like I the title recognition is there for sure. Um, I uh, so when it when it pops up, I'll definitely have to check it out. Sam Mendes. And uh, one of the things I loved, uh, Sam Mendes did um, a, a movie that you weren't like big, uh, weren't huge on, but the uh, oh no, why can't I? Um, movie I didn't uh, like called Skyfall. Skyfall, yeah. <laughs> um, but visually stunning mm-hmm. in, in parts, right? Um, some of the shots he pulled off. Oh sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, and you get that same kind of feel with some of the like. There's a couple of scenes that are just remarkable. Um, with just the the burning oil fields and that. Well, I said that already. It's just, it's really well done. Yeah, so. I mean, it's worth mentioning twice. It's got to be good. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. All right. Yeah, I um, I'll keep an eye out for that one. Uh, you sold me on it. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, my number two, again with the Johnny Depp's. Uh, it's, uh, director Tim Burton paying homage to, uh, one of a, I think someone who was probably a pretty important figure in, uh, in his movie watching life. Uh, in 1994, he made the movie Ed Wood. Mm. Um, I've never seen this. Oh, wow. It's a I strong recommend from me. Okay. Uh, obviously it's number two on my, on my list. Um, yeah, so it's the story of uh, schlock director Ed Wood, and uh, he he was a bit of a a bit of a character in his personal life. But uh, what's <laughs> what's really interesting is he was uh, so determined in his his professional life that he did not let a lack of talent stop him. Um, Ed Wood is probably most famous for uh, Plan Nine from Outer Space, hmm. which. It's a completely nonsensical mess of a movie. Um, and uh, <laughs> so he, uh, Ed Wood befriends uh, Bella, the actor Bella Lugosi late in his life, um, famous for playing Dracula, starred in a lot of Universal Monster movies. Um, and he's played by Martin Landau, and it is so good. Like, I mean, you... He's uh, Bella Lugosi is one of those actors that maybe if you're not familiar with his name, you've seen him on the poster. Like, is, there's just no chance you could be into movies and not have seen this guy's face before. And he just he nails it. And uh, it's it's such an interesting story, such an unlikely pairing. Um, and then there's just a, some some really good uh, Character character work, I guess. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, Patricia Arquette, Bill Murray, to name a few, are all in there, and um, it is just a uh, interesting story of a very different time in Hollywood. <laughs> now, you know, they like you would never see see anyone back something like this now. Uh, right. The the risks just aren't. <laughs> aren't taken as willy-nilly and uh the the nonsense that that edward uh put on onto film is is pretty interesting um and uh tim burton does a great job uh 
obviously Tim Burton's a big style guy. Um, he does a great job. It's in black and white. Um, but I do think that he is able to rein himself in or someone was able to rein him in so that it's not just, uh, completely off the rails. It's a, it's a cohesive piece of filmmaking and, uh, just a really interesting story. And I, Tim Burton executed it with a lot of love. So cool. Yeah. It seemed like kind of a passion project. I remember when it first, when it came out, it felt kind of, tell me if I'm wrong on this. It felt a little campy. A little bit, uh... yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely in the spirit of the medium that Edward worked in. Yeah, it's a little, um, it's a little campy. It's a little. It can be a little tongue in cheek at times, even. <laughs> um, a little over the top, maybe. Like I just remember, he's his, kind of an, um... he's kind of an over the top guy. Oh, I, yeah, I mean, I, yes, yeah. So, so it can. It definitely gets to those heights, but um, I think it it remains true to the character. So from what I from what I know about the character, like he just loved movies so much and just wanted. He felt like kind of like what the maybe the uh, what the disaster artist was kind of <laughs> yeah set maybe. up for right yeah maybe yeah like just, a modern day Ed Wood yeah like they they don't they're just so happy to be doing what they love that they don't realize that they. They're not very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, that's a really good comparison, actually. Um, we'll see. Maybe one day someone makes a Tommy Wiseau movie. Yeah. Just kidding. They just did that. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Yeah, and that's unfortunately it's not streaming anywhere. Yeah. God, man. Yeah, you know, definitely you... one. Keep keep an eye out for that. If I if I uh, see it, I will assign it to you because I think that you, as a fan of movies. I think it's hard not to like this one. Yeah. Movies about movies. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. My number one, um, just because going back from watching it here recently again, um, and I fell in love with it so much again. Um, but first of all, I want to tell there, like I almost couldn't even put it on my list mm-hmm. because uh, just recently we had a big problem. We have a poll and of course it's middle winter mm-hmm. and uh, we had some, some lines crack and some of the, uh, the vacuumed parts uh, made it. So our pool started to lose water. Hmm. And uh, so I had to jump into the pool and put a plug into the drain right at the, the bottom of it, which is uh, I think it's a nine foot deep pool. Um, and so, you know how deep they, was it <laughs> and cold mm-hmm. um and <laughs> this pool is so, deep <laughs> so i had to jump in and this is i mean oh the, the temperature out was it was probably like mid 30s but the the water temperature had to have been like 32 and a half degrees uh, and i had to go in probably i'd say 15 different times because i can only hold it like it i could only go in i could only do two dives because it was that cold like and i'd have to come up and get out of the water and get warm again because like my head started to like i started to lose i started to feel a little funny and stuff yeah so anyways going so i deep. finally got to like i had to and the other thing is i had to like hold a weight in my hand to keep myself from coming back up so i can unscrew the thing and put the plug in and all that stuff oh my anyways, god this sounds it made, horrible. 
Yeah. Well, it made me think that the whole that whole movie, The Revenant, was bullshit because if he was in the river that long, there's no way he could have survived because I, and that that water had to be even colder. Um, but even though even even then, I still have this as my number one, The Revenant, because nice. it is such a beautiful movie. Um, and I know there's there's no way to know exactly what uh, Hugh Glass really went through in order to get back at John Fitzgerald. But yeah. uh, uh, the way uh, uh, Alejandro Enrito uh, shot this movie, you know, uh, you know, uh, one of those uh, demanding uh, directors where the the cast almost uh, revolted. I know some people quit, uh, went way over time, way over budget, had yeah. to go down to Argentina because Alaska or, or in British Columbia. Wait, they had to so go. Had to... Oh yeah, down. They had to go down to Argentina. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I broke up a little bit. I'm guessing. That's uh, yeah. <clears throat> um. Yeah. Sorry about that, guys. We have a spotty connection tonight. So, um. But yeah, they had to go down there to finish filming. Uh, but the end result in this movie, like it is such a great watch. It, it it's so it's long as hell. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's two hours and thirty six minutes. But every shot is beautiful. It's uh, it's just a really well done movie. And um, and who knows if any of it is true. Mm-hmm. And it's probably based mostly on legend. But uh, man, it's worth a watch. Yeah. Uh, I I think I've made my feelings on this one abundantly clear. I love this movie. Um, it, it, yeah, Inuri Two is such a he he understands the medium that he works in so well. I I I don't think it can be overstated in, in my personal opinion. I think uh, that. Um, I don't know. I I think that we're going to be watching his movies for a long time and pointing to them for a really long time as, uh, as high watermarks. Um, Well, I think between him and Dennis Villeneuve or whatever, those two guys right now, as far as visual, as far like, uh, crafting shots with mm-hmm. lighting and all that stuff. I think these guys are at the top of the game right now. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm uh as far as like making artistically um as far as like making um popular maybe coming off the heels of Blade Runner is not a great example, but making um movies that are widely enjoyed as well as maintaining artistic integrity. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they are shining examples of that for sure. Like, um, in I, I, I just, I find it, uh, you know, there's a big deal made about, you know, with, you know, no artificial light. Right. You know, except for like a campfire, which is technically artificial light, but. Um, uh, it's in nature. I don't know. Yes. Electricity free light. <laughs> yes. Um, you know that that made a big deal, and it it it, it can actually came through. Like, and that's what you were looking for. You were looking for that all those mm-hmm. different ways. How oh, how's he going to pull this off? How, you know, and like I, I remember watching it that way. And uh, I actually the first time I watched, it, I think I had my arms crossed a little bit because I heard how how good it was. Mm-hmm. But 
yeah, on a, on a with a rewatch, it was it was just it's stunning, just very stunning. So, Revenant mm-hmm. number one. Yes, 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 y'all to the beach, y'all. A excellent choice. Uh, didn't even think about that, uh, and and I love that movie. So there you go. Uh, there we talked about earlier. Scorsese has uh, he's done a lot of biopics. Uh, he's done a lot of uh, organized crime, gang-related stuff, and uh, there's a couple of actors he's paired up with several times to uh, what I think is uh, ast- astonishingly good results for the most part. Uh, and I think no better example of that. Uh, than the pairing of Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro. Uh, They go on an incredible little run here. Um, So from uh, least to favorite, uh, in 1995, um, and and I do, I really like this movie too, but it, not, uh, I'm tripping all over my words here. Okay, so (laughs) in 1995, uh, a movie I really enjoy, but... um, probably the uh, of the Im- impressive pairing the the least impressive uh is casino uh the story of uh greed deception money power and murder uh between two friends a mafia enforcer and a casino executive um it's, it's <laughs> this is one of those movies that the first thing people always mention is that it's really long and uh that it is. Uh, Robert De Niro plays uh, Sam Rothstein, uh, based on Frank Rosenthal, um, who is uh, tasked with uh, <laughs> getting getting in with the mob, um, basically establishing the casinos in Vegas. So I think it's um, kind of it, it's in line with what they allude to in um, The Godfather Part Two. Yeah, he's like the figurehead out there for mm. the mob. I yeah, mean, he's, he's trying to keep a clean image for the CD underground. Yeah, trying to to uh, portray this legitimate business. And um, Joe Pesci and Sharon Stone, uh, the other two uh, um, top build actors in this, also do a great job. Uh, Casino is streaming on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> really, uh, a time investment, um, but a really good movie. And, yeah. uh, so I, I absolutely thought it was worth mentioning. Um, and next we, uh, De Niro plays, uh, the emotionally self-destructive boxer, Jake LaMotta, mm-hmm. uh, as they, uh, we, we talked about this not too long ago, I think dinner scenes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, awkward dinner scenes. Yes, uh, Raging Bull in 1980. Um, a, uh, a and another um, biopic that we talk about has has a distinct style to it. Um, Robert De Niro in in uh, he, he rough around the edges character that you root for um, and. Uh, you know, Scorsese, not a crime movie, but, um, you know, his, his blueprint is all over this. Uh, another great example of having style and substance. Yeah, and, for sure. I mean, at a time where 
everyone was trying to tweak and make the best uh, of the color that was available right then. Right. Then he just goes black and white. And yeah. There are some. There are some stories about how they sold this movie as black and white, um, and like how the the uh, uh, the uh, execs and stuff were like way dead set against it and stuff. And then if you look back on it, like how how couldn't it be black and white? Um, right. It's such a uh, defining earmark of this movie. And one of those films where, like, in, like they filmed it in reverse, I think, I mean, that's pretty common knowledge, where, like, he he had gained all the weight at the beginning. Yeah. And and then as the, as, as the movie was shot, he, he continually lost weight and lost weight. And he, I think he went over to Paris and just gorged himself mm-hmm. uh, to get ready for this role. Like he had, to, like he gained a ton of weight just going, you know, eat the most, the most rich yeah. foods that he could find. Um, and then as they shot the movie, he, he, trim down trim down trim down and uh and it's 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 a pretty it's pretty fascinating the way they do that because it'd be really hard to do retakes and or reshoots and stuff right yeah you really need to get it i've heard that scorsese is so uh good at um at, at shooting though um i've heard that like he uh he can tell you uh he's jeez oh, i wish i i'm looking it up right now but i know that he's his um yeah, Thelma uh, Schoonmaker, his uh, yeah, yeah, his yeah, DP. his, ad- his uh, um, oh, he's been his DP. editor for for yeah, years, editor. yeah, and uh, I, not that she doesn't have a, a tough job, but I, I I've heard that he is uh, he knows exactly what he wants, and he and she knows exactly how to give it to him, so they just they make such a a good pair, and and he's he's so well known for the. Um so well known for this uh scenes that he shoots or Mm -hmm. or the music scores right right but he actually writes the scenes with that song in his mind as he's doing it yeah is what i've heard so i you know what we need to do a scorsese podcast yeah we should and just kind of dive deep into him yeah guy loves the stones yeah uh and speaking of number one oh that's streaming on cinemax oh it is perfect yep okay nice 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 uh, number one, one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, depending on the day you catch me, I might call it my favorite movie uh, from 1999, Goodfellas. Uh, the story of Henry Hill. Um, 1990. Yes, 1990. Uh, Martin Scorsese. Robert De Niro plays Jimmy the Gent. Um, he is not the lead character, but he has uh, a very heavily supporting character. Um very essential to the story and uh it's it's um just generations in the mob and uh i don't know what i could say about this movie that hasn't been said before um it's (laughs) i just echo every positive sentiment that's ever been said about it i love it so much and um i try not to talk about it on this show because i could kind of weasel it into so many lists uh, and uh, kind of, I, w- I would liken it to to Jaws for you. There's like I can find a spot for this on on just about any list. Oh yeah, this this movie more than probably more than Jaws is that you, you actually can like last week it could have been in the prison movies, you know? Right? Yeah, fantastic yeah. prison scenes. 
or um, dinner scenes or dinner yeah D- dinner scenes in prisons yes yeah <laughs> it's got let's, it all let's, let's combine them yeah uh <clears throat> really really uh just uh it's a special movie in in my opinion i love it from start to finish i know it's kind of become uh popular to say i like it except the ending start yeah. to finish love the movie i told you um a little bit of history, you know, we all know, like, Henry Hill, uh, kind of a dirtbag. Yeah. You know. Well, I mean, this goes right back to what we were talking about earlier, the glorification of organized right. crime. But I, I read that uh, Lufthansa Heist movie or book right. um, recently, and it talks about, I mean, it pretty much follows the good li- the Goodfellas uh, storyline uh, with, you know, some other you know, a lot more stuff put into it. But it was written by Henry Hill, and it really describes uh, – Jimmy Conway is more of a more ruthless, not as charming as he comes off <laughs> on the screen. Maybe not and a it, gent. <laughs> yeah, he actually it, it more of a uh, more of the uh, the Tommy character, yeah. and uh, the Tommy character was actually this like ball, or a hulking figure, and mm-hmm. and like the like an enforcer type thing, but not real smart. Yeah, um, and well, I- not quite as unhinged as as uh pesci's uh portrayal yeah um so but it's it's they're really nice companion pieces so movies you love like to to read the actual stories behind them Mm -hmm. um it's fun to kind of dive deep in that stuff and it 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 adds a little bit to the story but like this is one of those movies as soon as it comes on you're in for the rest of the night oh absolutely yeah start to finish you gotta whenever you pop in to finish absolutely Uh, also yes. streaming on Netflix. So yes, it is. Nice. Yeah, recently added to Netflix as well. So, uh, worth checking out. You bet. All right. Any any final thoughts <clears throat> as we we close the books on on one hundred? Um, well, I mentioned earlier. I I would love to put Bronson on, but I had it on last week. Yes. Um, oh, that's right. Uh, uh, the movie Miracle. I got that as well. My caveat um, is it's. I don't think it's a great movie, but I think it's a great performance. Yeah, it's a good sports movie. It's a good. I, yeah, it is a good movie, but it has that qualifier in it. Yeah, like, it's yeah. A good sports um, movie. Yes, uh, the pianist, mm-hmm. uh, a movie I really, really adore. Uh, n- nothing I thought I'd really like, but I thought uh, Adrian Brody was great, even though Roman Polanski is a piece of shit. Yes. Um, and yeah, that's about it i mean there are so many biopics out there there's i mean ton. really there's a lot of stuff out there to watch so how about you yeah um miracle was on there uh specifically the the um portrayal of her brooks by kurt russell uh into the wild specifically uh just wanted to call attention to the soundtrack the eddie vetter soundtrack yeah. Um, and uh, another special mention, the movie The Insider, which was about a Philip Morris whistleblower um, starring Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Al Pacino. So, yes. Yeah. Um, that was one of those that uh, I, I just wanted to mention because I saw it a long time ago and I saw it come up on some lists in my research and I was like, oh, yeah. That was a good movie. Maybe I should revisit that. Um, so I just I thought it was worth mentioning because it stuck out to me, but I'm definitely not familiar with it enough to put it on the list. Oh shit! Um, yeah, another movie, uh, Donnie Brasco. Ooh, yes, more, more really Johnny good, Depp. Uh, it's Carlito's way. 
a biopic? I don't know. I don't. Maybe not. Serpico. But Serpico definitely. Yeah, uh, that came up. <laughs> but I'm thinking the stuff that kind of off the beaten path. Mm. Um, Hoffa. Uh, Dark Dark Knight Returns. Uh, for sure. Yes. Story um, of Story of Jim Gordon. Yes. Brave commissioner. <laughs> um yeah, Hoffa. Hoffa's a good one. Oh shit, we forgot. Um yeah, yeah. Hoffa, yeah, a little long. Long in the two. Yeah, right I, up there yeah. with Casino as far as like it's a time commitment. Um sorry, I kind of blurted out expletive there. Mm, um no worries. But I wanted to cuz we got a response from our our um asking for uh, other people's top fives. That's right. Uh, from last year or from last week, um, uh, for top five prison movies, New Orange Peel had number at number five, Cell Brawl and Cell Block ninety nine. I like it. Uh, number four, Cell uh, Science of the Lambs. I huge oversight on our part, I'll say. Yeah, yeah. I just I, I don't think I of it think, as a prison movie. That's yeah. I, that's what I, I love about having other people's perspective. Yeah, because like between the uh, like the cave type uh, prison he was in at the beginning, mm-hmm. and into the the cage type prison he was in at the end, uh, he was it was definitely a lot. And and her being in the well and all that stuff, yes. uh, definitely a lot of prisons. In that. <laughs> uh, number three, Scum, which is a movie that also came up on a lot of lists that we I think we talked about a little bit, um, which I might have to to watch. Uh, Startup, which was on both of our lists, oh, yeah. and Cool Hand Luke. Um, yeah, I saw that one which a lot. Which is his, his uh, favorite, which I I need to rewatch. I watched that movie when I was probably 17 or 18 years old. And I remember it. I just, and I know every line from it, <laughs> but it's like, I gotta, I gotta rewatch it and see what the, you know, I just gotta remember it a little bit better because it's, it's just a little bit too fuzzy. And he also had honorable mentions, spelled the weird way, uh, longest yard in the Great Escape with, with a U. <laughs> yeah, honorable. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you, Neil. Yes, in the Queen's For... English. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, um, so I guess with that, let us know uh, your favorite uh, biopics at Pod or email us, BruinViewPod at gmail.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and until next time. Mm-hmm. Fuck being on some chill shit. We go zero to 100, nigga, real quick. They be on that rap to pay the bill shit. And I don't feel that shit, not even a little bit. Oh, Lord. Know yourself, know your worth, nigga. My actions being louder than my words, nigga. How you so I but still so down to earth, nigga. Niggas won't do it, we can do it on the turf, nigga. Oh, Lord. I'm the rookie in the vet. Shout out to the bitches I ain't holding down the set.